Hi, everyone. My name is Nick Basket. I'm the editor-in-chief over at bartalks.net, which is an online resource for the coffee and cocoa industry. Now, let me ask you a question. If money was no object, what espresso machine would you buy? That's what we're going to talk about today. These are not necessarily the machines that uh, you would buy. These are the machines that I would buy. So it's a personal list. I haven't gone out there and been rational about it. I've purposely been irrational. In fact, the first choice on my list is, uh, or the first one I'm going to cover off on my list, is a totally irrational choice that would make no sense whatsoever. But I love it. And what's more, I bet there's at least one machine. At least one. I challenge you. Put in the comments below if I'm wrong on this. I reckon there's at least one machine in, bear in mind, only covering three, only covering three here. There's one machine in here that you've not heard of before. That's my challenge to you. I'm laying it down. It's time to smack it down. Let's get going. All right, let's do this. Number one, this is, well, number one is number three, effectively. So this is the third, the third of my money, no object machines. What would I go for? Funny enough, the third one happens to be the most expensive. I am talking about the, where's my, I don't have a drum roll. I am talking about an amazing machine from a company that actually some people haven't heard of. It's a Dutch company called Kies van der, Kies van der Westen. I was going to try and do it in a Dutch accent, but I, 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 I would fail. So Kies van der Westen uh, are a Dutch business. And if you know the Dutch, they do design like nobody else. They've got a unique kind of way that they attach uh, or they approach design. It's very much an incredible attention to detail. Always used to notice when I, I used to go and do business in Amsterdam and when I'd fly in, I'd hang around at the airport for a little bit and be in the bookstore and they'd be amazed how many design uh, magazines and things there were at the bookshops and just books on design. So design's really integral to the culture there. And this machine shows it. Wow, wow, what a machine. This is... This is not just styling. This is something completely different. So this machine is, it's actually not a, it's actually not that new of a machine. It's been around for a while, but they updated it in 2020, largely to change some of the internal components, not really the design side of it. One of the first things I really like um, about this machine is in fact that it is customizable. It is a fully saturated group head, but a very unique one that we're going to come on to in a second. Uh, it's got a dual boiler, a system, and of course it's got this, this pre-infusion system. So it's not pressure profiling. It's a different kind of approach they've taken, which is a, a very soft ramp up uh, to the pre-infusion and a way of controlling the pre-infusion that as far as I know is completely unique. If I'm wrong about that, please let me know in the comments below because I'd be very interested to know if other people are doing anything similar to this. Now, the Speedster, in terms of its design, this really is not made. Even though it's a single group, it's not really made for home use. It's, it's clearly made for, I guess, events and, and places where the design is going to be on show and the design is going to be really important. So you see this at car events and things like that, you know, car showrooms and things. Um, and it has a lot of design, I guess, design cues from the automobile industry and the name kind of gives it away. But when I was, uh, when I was uh, 
I say a kid, I guess I was 18, 19 years old. I was living in America and my friend Wayne had a Dodge Charger and I loved that car. I was so jealous. I wanted that car so badly. And one of the really cool things about it was how he changed gears. Of course, in America, everyone drives a, a man, uh, sorry, an automatic car, but the automatic shift has got these, they've got these handles and you get these customized handles. And he had a beautiful, beautiful customized handle on his Dodge Charger. And this is very reminiscent of that. It's got this handle on the right and it's like a gear shift. It doesn't just go up and down. You put it into uh, two or three different uh, positions uh, just like you would a car gear shift. And that is very, very cool. Let's talk about this saturated group head and what's different about it. Well, for starters, it's see-through. So you can see inside. It's like a, I don't know if it is glass, but it's glass-ish, probably glass. And you can see inside what's actually happening. And it works on a, a kind of a spring mechanism. They actually have a useful video that explains how this works. I had to watch it a few times to really understand. Well, actually, I don't really understand it, but to understand enough that I could probably kind of make out in a video that I understand it. Um, but what happens is the water comes through into the, into the basket and they're measuring the pressure at the basket level. So that's first thing that's very cool. So they're coming back and actually measuring the, the, the pressure inside the porter filter. And as the porter filter starts to, to, to fill up with water and it's at a very, very low, you know, one to two bar, almost no pressure kind of pre-infusion, what actually happens is it, it pushes up on the platform where the spring is putting pressure against it and as that pressure increases the springs pushed up and that releases a mechanism that increases the increases the flow and the and the and the pressure ramps up and apparently it results in a very smooth curve you can see that on the displays as well now what's really cool about this is well and that's already pretty really cool right but what's even really cooler is that there's like a knob on the top and so you have a, a sort of a, a pressure profiling that you can do in the sense that you can tighten the spring, add more tension to the spring or less. Um, that will change the way the whole pre-infusion works. And you can get these very long pre-infusions and so forth. And I have to say, it's just a freaking cool machine. <laughs> so for 11,000 euros and a bit of change on top, not sure how much haggling you can do, this could be yours. Not only that, you could throw in a bit of extra money because if you're going to throw it, money's no object. This is the whole point of the video, right? Money is no object. So we'd go in and we'd take away those horrible plastic knobs and we put levers in as well. Now, they call those levers something very, very funky. I've forgotten the name of it. What is it? What did they call it? They called it not flopper top. Flopper toppers are. <laughs> Flopper topper, flopper topper. Flopper topper is the name that they give to uh, uh, ATMs. I'm not joking. An ATM is a flopper topper in, uh, in, 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 in Amsterdam or in, in Holland. Uh, but they have, if you go into, if you go into the, uh, the options on the website, you can go for, it's called the flip-flop, flip-flop Steambalve. I told you, I, should, I really got to stop doing those, those accents, uh, which means you've replaced the horrible knobs with a lever, which is great. First thing I would do on that, absolutely 100% do that. You also get the option to customize the panels like you can do, but you pretty much got a color wheel and you can say, pick a color and we'll make this for you, which I love as well. So you've got a customizable uh, look to the machine. You've got customizable knobs, which is very, very cool. 
Um, the whole thing, of course, can be plumbed in or it can go with a tank so you can take it around. It can work as an event machine. don't know if it's rated. I'm sure absolutely must be. Um, but I also really like the fact that the drip tray itself can be like adjusted. Now, I don't mean it's adjusted on the fly. I think you actually have to unscrew some things and make an adjustment. But the point of that is, is that if you've got particular cups that you use in your cafe or whatever at the event that you're doing, um, then you can you can position it so it's just the right height to take those cups. A lot of attention to detail has gone into this machine, and I think it's worthy, worthy, I tell you, of a place on our list at number three. That's number three, although it's the most expensive. So, what do you think about uh, what do you think about that one? Uh, have you heard? of uh, Keith van der Westen before. Have you seen any of their machines? They do a lot of commercial machines. This is the only, uh, I think, non-semi-commercial in a way, but this is the only single group machine that they do. Most of the rest of them are sort of two to three groups. I'd be very interested to know. Uh, if you haven't heard of that, what do you think of it? Would you buy one today if you uh, had money was no object? Um, or would you go and buy two Lamazocos? So this next one on my list is a relatively new newcomer to the scene, actually, but it's a manufacturer that I know very well. It's from our friends at Rocket. Now, you probably know that I have a Rocket R58, and I like it quite a lot. Uh, it's not perfect, though, and in particular, it gets a little bit grubby, um, and it's got a uh, an E61 group head, you know, and if I had more money to throw at stuff, I'd have a saturated group head with more bells and whistles, but I think it's very good value for money, and I make great coffee with it. But money's no object, remember? Money is no object. So what would I get? You're going to think I'm going to say the R91. And I almost did. I almost said that when I was looking and doing my research. And then uh, I came across this other machine that they released last year that I hadn't actually heard of. So shame on me, but I've heard of it now because I was doing my work. And this is called the Rocket Epica. Now, this is a kind of unique machine, and I vacillated on it because I really did like the R91. Um, and in many respects, the R91 is a more practical machine than the Epica. But the Epica is kind of funky. It does some things different. You can have a look at it and you go, ah, it's a lever machine. It is, but it's not. It's kind of, it's a, it's a lever, but reimagined. Uh, <laughs> I really hate it when people say reimagined. So it's a lever machine that... Uh, has the pressure profiling. They've got the um, the screen that they've taken. I think it's the same screen as the R9, the R91. But they've, so they, that's integrated into the lever. But the other thing that they've done is connected all up. So the electronics and the physical mechanism of the lever, I believe, have been integrated in such a way as to give more precision over that lever flow so you're not actually you know pulling pushing creating the pressure with your movement you're sending a signal and the, the the machine's doing the work so you've got a fully saturated group head you've got the electronics and you've got a funky lever that gives you the control very precise my understanding very precise control for pre-infusion and for ramping down at the end and i think that's i think that's very cool I think that's very cool. And for a machine that costs five grand, for a dual boiler, fully saturated group head, integrated electronics, and the funky lever thing that's going to make you look like you're an amazing pro, even if you're not, I think that that's worthy of making a place on the list just for that. Uh, 
if I was to have a negative about it, if I was to have a negative about it, I would say two things. I'd say number one. Is it two things or one thing? Let me just. Oh, I think it's one thing. Was it two things? It's definitely one thing. There might be a second thing that I've forgotten. But the one thing that if I was to come down and look at it each morning, oh, it's two things. There are two things. The first thing is this. I like the way it looks. Nothing wrong with the way it looks. It's actually a very pretty machine and it's got that whole rocket vibe going around it. But it's got that whole rocket vibe thing going around it. And, and the reason that slightly bothers me is because this is a money no object list. And what they've clearly done is cannibalize parts from other machines to keep the costs down. And that's a very sensible business decision to make because there's nothing wrong with the way their other machines look. I mean, I've got one and it looks, you know, it looks fine. I, I like the way it looks. Although I'm now wanting something more contemporary, you know, but that's just me. And I'm, I'm probably almost certainly in the minority. Um, but these kinds of machines, it's a very clean look. But every time I look at that drip tray, I'm going to think of my, my R58. And I'm going to think, well, I've spent, you know, more than double the money. Couldn't they have just put a different drip tray on it? <laughs> Even though that makes no difference whatsoever. And there's nothing wrong with my drip tray. That's what I'm going to be thinking. So, um, so the one thing is I'm going to be looking at it thinking they've kind of cobbled together parts from other machines and stuck it together with a you know an innovation in the in the way that they've got the group head and the electronics integrated and so forth um so that kind of bothers me but you know does it bother me so much that if someone gave it to me as a christmas present i would be upset no it doesn't bother me that much what potentially and this is something i really i don't think there's any way of knowing this is no way of knowing this until you use it is um and this is the second thing for keeping count is that um the the pressure profiling operation that you do that ramp up ramp down whatever you know the pre-infusion and the ramp down etc it shows a nice graph on the on the screen it shows the numbers the graph everything you can get it right it doesn't save it there's no semi-automatic or automatic function that follows through on it so every coffee you make on this is going to be unique and that's got pros and cons hasn't it because you know there's something really nice about interfacing with the machine and you know the, the little bit of i don't know the little bit of uncertainty or excitement of will i get it right that's sometimes you want that and sometimes you you find that what you've got is better than what you had before and you stumble across something accidentally that's even better that's how post-it notes were invented but there's times when you want to come down, you just want to throw the beans in, push a button, and go to work. And that's probably not the machine for this. So I really don't know. I don't know whether that would bother me or not. But it's definitely a worthy contender, and I think it deserves its place as number two. Anybody who has been listening to my channel for the last, I don't know, three months or so, will know that I am in love with this machine, even though I haven't seen it yet. I'm hoping to see it at the Amsterdam Coffee Festival or the London Coffee Festival coming up in the next uh, month, a few weeks. Um, but this is the San Remo U. The San Remo U is gorgeous and it scratches all the itches. Uh, so what, am I, what do I mean by that? 
I really wanted a machine that was a, uh, a new design. I wanted a machine that wasn't going to get dirty, wasn't going to look dirty, that it was new, it was compact, um, that it had all the features that I wanted and probably a few that I don't even know that I want yet until I start using them. I wanted to have it all in a package. I wanted it to be completely built from the ground up to be what it is. And I wanted it to look sexy um, and, and, and I didn't want it to work with an app interface. Well, this has got an app interface, but, but, but it can work everything on the top of the machine as well. On the top of the group head, it's got an interface and it's a really nice looking interface. I love the way this looks. I'm going to forgive the fact there's an app. Who knows if and when I ever buy one, maybe I'll even use the app and come to, and come to uh, uh, believe that that's a great thing. But um, this is a wonderful machine and I really hope that more espresso makers can be brave enough to leave behind some of their sort of traditional designs and just sit down with a blank piece of paper and come up with something that doesn't have to look like this but just has to be, you know what, whatever you want to do. Go to a designer and say to him, if you were to design any kind of espresso machine that you could, there's no, you don't have to worry about the brand and what the brand's supposed to be like. Just go do what you want. What would you come up with? I'd love to see some, I'd love to see some new fresh ideas come out. And this is a fresh idea. It looks a little bit like that Star Wars X, X-Wing, you know, plane, fighter jet as well with the, the legs that cross over like that. But what I particularly like about it is how, because it's been built from the ground up, all those parts fit into the overall design ethos of the machine. Nothing looks like it's been taken for as a cost saving from another machine and stuck on. And, and that is really amazing. Of course, it has all the features that you want, you know, because this is the ultimate machine, right? It has the pressure profiling. It has the ability to save those profiles down. Uh, it, it has uh, a, a, sat, a fully saturated group head, the PID, has an app if you want the app and even i have to say even the app look, does look quite cool if you're a data nerd and you want to dive deep into the data behind it it plugs into the mains or it'll run on a tank i mean it really does seem to tick every box the only people who might want something a bit different or more i guess would be those that run you know a decent and they they the, the, the amount of data you get out of this i'm not sure is going to be compatible perhaps uh, with the flexibility you get from something like a decent, but that's a niche audience. You know, not the niche grinder, you know, niche. It's a niche audience. So that's a niche audience. I've got a friend with one, and uh, and he's a complete nerd, Adrian. <laughs> and he loves it, and that's really cool, but it's not the machine for me. It's probably another video. Not the machine for me, although it does make amazing coffee. You know, and it heats up in no time at all. And there's lots of lots and lots of benefits. And huge respect to the team that and the uh, the guy behind it, team that makes it absolutely fantastic. But this is more me. This is a uh, I'm not going to say a traditional machine, but this is built like a tank, in a compact form, looks beautiful, has the right level of data that I want to see. I don't want to be overwhelmed with spreadsheets. I don't want to have a spreadsheet on my on my coffee machine. I just want to have enough data in there that I can be curious. I can be curious on that, about the flow rate. 
when I'm playing around with a, a light roasted natural and I'm trying to extract that sweetness out of it and extract those flavors out of it, uh, I can start to have some of those other inputs if I want. Or I can just, you know, save down something that tastes good and push a button and get it out the next day the same way. And this does all of that. I can't wait to try one. And I just, I'm going to have to leave my checkbook at home when I go to, go to have a look. <laughs> but tell me uh, what you think of this machine. Uh, has anybody actually had a chance to get their hands on it yet? Am I going to be disappointed when I finally see one in the flesh? Will I have to go back and revisit this list? Be very interested to know. <laughs>